Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, how was the shade situation where you're at over in yonder Canada? Yonder Canada? It's it's decent. How is yours? Oh, there's an abundance of shade where I'm at because it's night. I don't know if you'd call that. I don't know if you'd call it shade exactly, but it's... I think that is not how shade works. <laughs> so how does shade work? Like it's it's something that's blocking the sun, right? Like it's respite yeah. from the sun. Right. So like I'm getting a huge amount of respite from the sun. Like I'm getting shaded from the planet. The planet's shading me. No. What? Uh, prove me wrong. That's not how it works. <laughs> the shade from a planet is being cast elsewhere. <laughs> we don't need to get into this. <laughs> yeah. You're throwing a lot of shade here just, just to prove my shade theory wrong. But, oh, man. All anyways. right. You've got your popsicle. Mm, I do. All right. Um, got a little melty there. <laughs> All right. So uh, what do we got going today, Sarah? We got a ton. Um, so there's like... A- not a super ton of show news but there was a little bit that i found and then we're gonna do 10 chapters from the great hunt because we're gonna try and move these books along because i am impatient and would like to keep reading but also want to catch up with want the podcast to catch up to where i am so right well yeah i mean it's only natural that people need to keep up with you right i don't see the problems uh, because there is none right clearly yeah, right exactly <laughs> there is none or there are none there is no problem there isn't any mm-hmm. there aren't any all right so so spoiler warning to everyone uh we're going to be covering we can discuss everything from the first book eye of the world all the way through the great hunt chapter 19 yeah, we're covering chapters 10 through 19. And before we begin, guys, I uh, really appreciate everyone listening to us and everything. We would really appreciate, uh, you know, if you wanted to come hang out with us on our Discord server, you could do that. There's, It's in the show notes and it's in the video description on YouTube if you're consuming our content through that way. Uh, if you, We would also really appreciate five-star reviews on whatever platform you have. And, you know, even if you just left a couple words that says like, show good or podcast <laughs> awesome, something like that, it would really help us. Uh, mm-hmm. 
written reviews are better than than unwritten ones apparently <laughs> and and if you're on podbean please give us a follow we need to maintain our dominance in uh total following uh, we, we're not really that dominant but we're we're like what 10th place eighth well, place something like that yeah hmm. gotta we're keep fancy. it going we're essentially fancy right fancy-ish fancy-ish yep yeah okay so shameless awesome. plugs are out of the way awesome. um, you have, it seems like you have some show news for us yeah i found so i got so, i got so excited when i saw this news um so i found this headline and i thought it was awesome and i was like this is perfect timing the wheel of time confirmed for third season which is great because we don't even have the second season yet right yeah. doesn't that sound great like awesome oh. So um, this says right in the in the subheadline that they are currently filming the second season, but it's already got an early renewal for a third, and you know that it's going to be back again. And they go into this whole thing, and then the article got a little update blurb, and apparently the original source that they got it from, um, where they reported, so they reported this from another website, and the source that that website got it from was incorrect um so it's only been renewed for two seasons but Mm. i was very excited to read this because you know that (laughs) would be that would be promising right that they were that they were basically already saying yeah you can have uh two more seasons even though only one's been done yeah that that would be exciting Mm -hmm. i i guess we'll see I guess we'll see it. Like, I, I think that they'll still, if they're going to renew it, or, I mean, it's obviously not definitive, but first off, I, you have to think. So it's the, it was the number one show last season or last year. Like it, right. it was, it topped all the, like for all of the shows that were out there, that, that one had the most downloads. And maybe that was like a kind of a, you know, more chill year. Like the, the, maybe it wasn't competing against any really crazy other shows, but at the same time, it it did really well and i guess uh, i would be surprised if they decided to can it i think that they're waiting until there's filming for season two is over with Mm -hmm. so that they can just kind of see what their assets are you know reevaluate the situation and then they'll move on that that's my guess right which would make sense Uh, well because because they started filming for this one before season one was finished airing right mm-hmm. yep that's right oh so to me that makes sense like they have to renew it in a way like they have to make that decision to renew it i bet they don't renew it for like two seasons or something but they could keep stringing us along i bet we get a third yeah yeah i think we at least get three maybe four i don't know if we'll get full eight like the rumor is saying but hmm you don't th- so you don't like it well enough? That's what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm saying. I just can't. I just, you know, some some production houses and teeter off after a while. So you think that they're they're teeterers? <laughs> they're going to teeter off. What a weird word that is. That now that I say it. Yeah, now that you've pointed it out, I regret my decision to pick it. A teeter it sounds like like a group of animals to be honest 
right like an unkindness of ravens right yeah like a a teeter of of uh what what are those what's the the kind of bird the that's in looney tunes the twitter oh i can't remember uh no i don't i don't think it would be like that it could be like a circus of puffins though Mm. all right if that was a (laughs) thing if that was a thing it it could be like that you're right Uh you have you have good points sarah but let's move on okay with with all due haste Mm -hmm. we can get into Uh, the book uh, oh man you're just stick handling this All right, let's get into the book. The reason, one of the reasons why why we're here. Very good. Chapter 10, The Hunt Begins. Oh, I feel like I sent you something and now you've just totally disregarded the show news. I sent you something that said that Camelin has been confirmed. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go on. You're just like, you're like, you know what? Let's not include what Adam has to say. It's okay. No, you can totally include it. I completely spaced and forgot because I have a bad memory. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> 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 yeah, I know. I think. <laughs> so, um, what was the show news? So, Camelin is being introduced because you just sent me a screenshot. Did you read it? I read some of it, but I think I just forgot because. I'm the one with the bad memory, Sarah. That's my thing. Don't try to take take that from me. This is why you need <laughs> to send me the article link so I can read it. <laughs> I just thought it would be funny to send you something that looked like a link so that you clicked on it and it didn't. Rude. Um, yeah. Well, so but- anyone listening can, uh, yeah, I think everyone understands what I'm, where I'm coming from. It's mm-hmm. just fun right anyways anyways we we can move on so so yeah they they think like so they the showrunners haven't confirmed anything of course however it, there's there's pictures that have been circulating that you know look like what could be Camelin, and mm-hmm. uh, because where they're doing alternate ways of introducing characters and everything we have to assume that I mean it it doesn't have to play out this way but like all of our characters can meet new characters Mm -hmm. in ways that weren't necessarily previously in the books and in this case like Rand still has not met Elaine which Mm -hmm. is an important meeting so you have to think you I keep saying you have to but (laughs) I mean I I have to think that there's there's going to be a situation where we we he meets her maybe he goes to Camelin and meets her and that's that's where they kind of you know right that's where they meet that's where they meet in Camelin yeah they he meets he meets her in Camelin and that's where they meet so that'll be good well and she's been she's been cast already for season two so we obviously know somehow it's gonna happen right Uh, theoretically I guess she doesn't technically have to meet rand but yeah you could just have her own storyline separate she could i don't think i would like that though i think you would need to introduce them 
Sure. Well, yeah, I think that that's going to be vital. I mean, I think that there's every opportunity. So I was thinking about this. It's like, all right. So Rand is like in the show, he's, he's off, he's off on walkabout. He's off, off doing his own thing. And like, that's a little bit the situation that he was in, in, a, in book one, where he goes to Camelin mm-hmm. and, you know, he's with Matt, but Matt's just holed up in his paranoia tower, you know, like he's just can't, can't handle the world right now. And so Rand goes and explores the town and everything and does, does the stuff, you know, and that's how he meets El- Elaine. Yeah, I almost think he's just going to go to Camelin. Like mm-hmm. the show will start with him in Camelin and he'll like climb a wall and just meet her in episode one or something. Maybe. Just That'd a theory. Be, that would be an interesting way to do it. They, they have to bring her in. So I would not be annoyed if it happened in episode one. Oh, I'm glad that it meets your stamp of approval. It does. <laughs> All right. Any other any other thoughts on that? No, let's move on. I know we have ten chapters to go. You'd we got ten chapters. Tapping, your foot. tapping the proverbial and probably literal foot. So no. no. Um, okay, so the hunt begins. <laughs> um, yeah, the sarcasm so. is killing me. <laughs> I mean, I just find it funny that it's chapter ten and it's the hunt begins. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why I find it funny, but I do. So we're with Rand and he's, you know, with the with the group, Matt Perrin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Loyal, um, Ingtar, Huron, like they're all they're all going. And they're looking for the horn of Valier. Because it's missing. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So yeah, uh, this is this is a, such an interesting progression. So mm-hmm. I mean, they're basically just chasing right. the the Trollocs and everything, and the Trollocs are just like they have. It's it's like they gave them such a long lead. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It's just a very interesting situation. I, I think. So they're going in the wrong kind of direction toward what they thought. Like they're not going straight to Shale Ghoul. Ghoul. Right. Right. And they have no idea why. And and Rand wants to sit there and talk to like he wants to he he tries to make things up with Matt and Perrin. Mm-hmm. And and so, Matt tells him he can suck eggs. Yeah, they're not having it. Yeah. Loyal seems like he's he's good. Let them well, know. Loyal is, I mean, he's loyal. I'm not surprised at all. This is how he reacted. And yeah. how would you react? If I was loyal or in general? No, we already know how loyal was. How would you react? <laughs> yeah, so so your friend mm-hmm. is, is like acts foolishly and says like, hey, Sarah, like go, go away. I don't want you in my life anymore. I'm better than you. And then right. they come back later and you like believe them for whatever reason you think that that that's convincing. Right. And then you, they come back later and they say, Sarah, what I said was not great. Like, can, can we like get along again? I, that was, that was me being foolish. Please let me 
let me back into your good graces. Like, would it be easy for you to let them back in, do you think? No. If, so, like, you could forgive them, but then you'd, you'd need to hold on to it a little bit. Yeah, I feel like it would be one of those things where you'd be wary about. Well, yeah, I, I, don't, mean, I don't think I would just leave like how Matt and Perrin are just not giving Rand the time of day at all to even apologize or talk to them. Okay. Um, but it would definitely be wary. That's fair. Right? I don't know. Would you just be like, yeah, okay, cool. I've always been really good at like forgiving and then just moving on, I, mm-hmm. I can move on pretty well. That, that's what I've learned through through hard circumstance sometimes that not everyone can do that. And I, I also think that one of the most foolish things, and this is super tangential, but I've always thought one of the most foolish phrases in the world is forgive and forget, because I don't forget. Right. Like, I'll, I'll forgive you. Well, we'll be on good terms and I'll remember if I'm in a situation like that again, to look for you trying to screw me over again, because I'm not not gonna not gonna fall for that again. And that I mean, uh, you know, so there's some trust loss or whatever. But I I can get along with people just fine, and it's not even disingenuous. It's me actually, you know. All right, like you want another chance? Like I actually like you. We I don't see any reason for like I can get over it pretty quick for whatever right. reason. But I understand, like you, you want a little bit of time to, you know, not, not even want, like some people just need that time to kind of process and stuff. So, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like that's what Matt is doing though, especially like Matt's just being nasty. Yeah. Cause there's a difference between needing time to process so that you don't be nasty in a reactive way. Right. So he's just being real cold um but yeah so they are not talking to rand and they're just moving along and they um they actually go through two villages they go through the first and they hit a second village here and i like this one um not this village but i like this this part of the chapter because they're in a house in the village and rand has a vision inside this house of a family in there and matt just sees an empty you know kitchen table he doesn't see anything um so it's it's interesting to see rand is still having these effects on him um but yeah and then they they leave and there's a fade that's been like spread eagled and nailed to it like he's hanging across a door of a building and then yeah you know, super disturbing it's super disturbing and i remember uh when i first heard that line i was like oh okay and then my immediate thought was like well who did it like who and you know you kind of get that vibe as well in the book of like who would do that and be capable of doing that to a fade well yeah like you get the sense that like uh, maybe an ice i could kill a fade mm-hmm. but I doubt and I said I would have the power to actually nail like stake his stake him through the eyes to yeah like it yeah yeah and yeah it's it's really interesting to so that yeah it's disturbing and at the same time it's it's also 
it's also like yay i guess like we want we want mergel to die right right exactly you're like kind of happy about it but you're also like like is whoever did that worse yeah yeah i mean you have to you have to think the world is going to be a better place without that mergel in it Mm -hmm. regardless so so yay but yeah it's pretty creepy Mm -hmm. yeah um so then we go into chapter 11 which is glimmers of the pattern and we're still with rand and everyone um they're they've left this town and finally matt and perrin have agreed to talk to rand so i guess seeing a fade nailed to a building will do that to your senses okay so oh yeah so they cross the river and Mm -hmm. inktar gives him a package correct uh yes and he says that it was delivered to him from moraine yeah yeah so it's from moraine and Mm -hmm. his life may depend on it something like that right Mm -hmm. see how fancy this is when we've actually read all the things that we need to read (laughs) actually remember the details and that felt just very like non i don't know maybe it was just me it just didn't feel sincere felt like something it just felt like something was aloof with this this package this whole delivery thing just felt i don't know it gave me a weird vibe so it's like Ingtar just he's just been carrying this package and you you don't like do you not trust Ingtar? i think i i mean i think i trust Ingtar. it's just more of like well where did it come from when did you get it why would Marine Sunday like this. Like it's just all of these questions that I'm curious about. This sounds pretty in keeping with Moraine's shenanigans, though, frankly. It does. It's just annoying to me. <laughs> it's annoying because she's doing something <laughs> that you actually disagree with, finally. Actually. I just I'm like just cut to the chase. Like, why wouldn't you just do that in Faldara? Hmm. I don't know. You should ask her. Anyway, so yes, that that does happen. Um, but well, I, I think because she knows Rand, though she's mm-hmm. she's a twisty, manipulative person. Uh, like whatever she is, she, I mean, I don't. I like her. I like how she's twisty, frankly. But I think she read the situation correctly in that if Rand, if she just, she's like, here, here, have the dragon banner. That's what it is. It's the dragon banner. And it's, and they, he even talks to, he even talks to Perrin and Matt. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Ingtar will kill me if he sees that I have this, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because Ingtar would know that Moraine had sent it. Right. So like, but, but I mean, they're, they're, it's a legitimate fear of, I could die just for owning this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that if she had tried to give him that in Faldara, he would have just thrown it in her face and walked away. Right. I think she had to force his hand a little bit to keep it. And make, because now he has to hide it. Right. He doesn't have an, an option, really. Right. Like he just, he just needs, he has to keep it because he knows that it might save his life. And, mm-hmm. and, he does he has no recourse he can't even say like here Ingtar like you can hold it for me because Ingtar would be like oh actually I'm going to chop you into little bits right I I also thought it was interesting 
that now like Ingtar took that time to reveal to Rand that now if if something happened to Ingtar, if he died at mm-hmm. some point, you know, just for what for whatever reason, Rand would be in command of, yeah. of everyone. I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, like he's just the second in command. And the whole time, like everyone he keeps denying that he's a lord and no one really believes that he's not a lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Like Huron in particular, Huron is just not having it. It's kind of, right. it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah, but, in a really awkward way. It is. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but like also with all of this going on, Matt and, and Perrin have finally learned that Rand can channel. He's finally admitted it allowed to them and mm-hmm. um the, the i found this really ironic that matt is now concerned that rand is going mad right well yeah like he's Matt's such a such a tool man mm-hmm. I, like i i really enjoy matt in other parts of this series but in this one he's just like such a judgy a-hole mm-hmm and and Rand is just like Rand is on that trip not because he cares about the Horn of Valir. Like he he figures someone's going to solve that. Like he figures he figures like he, he's un, he's an unnecessary element to all of it. Because right. I mean, and frankly, I mean, I think that's the the correct evaluation in the sense that uh, unless you take his Taviran nature into consideration, like he doesn't. He's not a warrior, really. Like he's learning the sword, but he's not like he doesn't wear armor the way the Shinarans do. He doesn't, you know, he's not in the military. He's a uh, he can track, but not as well as their best trackers. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have the the requisite skills to really make an impact here. He can channel, but that's something he needs to not do as he sees it. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to to beat that away almost. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Rand is uh, Rand. So Rand is there specifically to make sure, like, to give as much support to Matt as possible. He's not there because of his special skills. He's there to support Matt. And Matt discovers this, and he's like, "Oh, thanks, Rand, but I still think you're crazy, and I want to stay as far away from you as possible." <laughs> right. It's like, cool. You stay over there. Don't yeah. hear me. Exactly. Yeah, oh. you're like, oh, okay, well. Matt, okay. Is a, he's immediately regretting letting him and Perrin talk to Rand. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, so, well, whatever. I mean, I, I really do like Matt. He's mm-hmm. a genuinely fun character at, at a certain point. But right now, he's, I mean, he's a very early contender for the Mac Award <laughs> of this episode. Very early contender, noted. Um, okay, so so is there anything else in this part of the chapter? Because we're gonna change um, points of view at the end. Oh, at the end of the chapter. Yeah, at the end of the chapter, we switch our point of view to the one and only Patton Fane. Oh, that's right. Okay, so. So yeah, they they lay down next to like Loyal's like, look, Rand, there's writing on this pillar. And Rand's like, 
shut up loyal mm -hmm. i'm tired of listening to your bs not really that but i mean that's basically i just i always think of my kids when i think of loyal honestly because i like i love the heck out of them mm -hmm. and after an hour of hearing my eight-year-old talk about some game he's invented mm -hmm. and I don't understand any of the any things about it <laughs> and he's just like makes up names like he's super creative and he's just like fabricates these cool like it's it's really cool really in the totality but my mind is so numb <laughs> from him I'm just like can you just please stop talking for a while like that's that's just <laughs> just how it works i i love him to death and i want to hear so many more hours worth of that i, I hmm. truly do i just sometimes you need a break and loyal's like hey look there's writing on this stone uh, you know right. like i and i've been yet i've been telling you about all this other ancient knowledge that i have that you don't care about and it's all very technical <laughs> and rand's just like can you just can Stop. we just yeah like writing on a rock can we just I'm, I'm over it loyal right he's like let's let's just not let's take a break right and, and it's like loyal but have the same reaction as as my son honestly like my son if i was just like like shut up i don't want to hear it like if i said something sharp to him yeah it, it like he'd just be like hurt and wounded and he'd stop and same with loyal he's just like Ooh. i think it's so know. sad when loyal gets hurt yeah it is sad but at the same time, I have to, I, I keep thinking of like, why, you know, I like loyal a lot. Mm -hmm. Why is, why is everyone exasperated? I think it's because of all of the off camera moments. <laughs> just, he just like is relentless. He just keeps going about his random crap. And it's just like, all of this is fine loyal, but it all adds mm -hmm. to a totality of me needing you to stop. I feel like if you could see them just like walking through the countryside and it would be like a montage of them walking throughout the day and every time yeah. it came back to them, it's just mm -hmm. still be loyal talking the whole time. Right. Yeah. Like he'd constantly have his mouth open, like as they switched, you know, just like keep talking about this and this and Rand is just rolling his eyes in various mm -hmm. postures. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but it's loyal. I can't be mad at him. No, it's it's my eight year old. I can't be mad at him. Right, exactly. You know. Yeah. So so he he ignores what loyal has to say, or he doesn't want to hear what loyal has to say. Right. And yeah, oh, yeah. And, and then and then we go to Pat and Fane. Creeper Fane, and yeah. and it's super short. Like I think it's only a few lines. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah like he, and he's basically just saying he can track rand mm -hmm. he knows exactly where rand is he could point at him yeah and he's aware that like something is weird is going on with him like he mm -hmm. you know is, is changing somehow um but he you know we we know that he's got matt's dagger and he's got the horn or the chest that the horn is in but he can't open the chest he can't get right. into it but uh but he's got both of the items with him yep yep and he's yeah he's he's a brutal fellow he's the one who's who killed the mergerl mm -hmm. uh, well, so what's interesting to me here is the source of his power like it's not the dagger like he likes having the dagger the dagger helps him some right. 
but he's got his own like just some source of power and it's not it's not the one power it's, it's not it's like he's not channeling right but like he's able to kill that murderer he doesn't use the dagger in any way to do that he you know he's driving he's using the, a mallet to drive a stake into his eyes like it's gruesome and everything is talking about how you know he's like ecstasy for him but at the same time like the dagger isn't the source of his power mm-hmm. uh, something is though we don't know what it is right which is ominous i know what it is you know what it is yeah yeah so um i'm fancy though <laughs> all right be fancy in chapter 12. Very good. So chapter 12. Yeah. It's called Woven in the Pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we're we're with we're, Egwene we're, and company. Yeah, we're back in Faldara. Can and we just start? You called her egg EG. Can we just start calling her egg like EGG? Sure. Sure. You can do that. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> I like the idea of calling her egg oh, anyways boy. um yeah so this is basically like we're back with them pretty much right after rand and them have left right after you know that arrow flew through and and nicked the Amarillan seat because they're still in chaos trying to find who it was and they haven't been able to find who did it um so it can't it's not that much not that much time has passed basically um but yeah, Amaral and Sage, she wants to leave. She's like, no, we don't need to wait around for this and find this guy. Like, we're going to get out of here and we're going to take Egwene and Nynaeve and all of us are going to go to Tarvalin. Yeah. So. Yeah. And Agamar is like, no, let me just find the killer. And <laughs> the Amaralyn's just like, she, she, she just has this like real moment of like, honey, everyone wants to kill me right like i don't even care who it is like i it wouldn't make a difference if i got mm-hmm. to meet them like then i'd just meet someone who's unpleasant to me so right she's just like i don't i don't have time for this we're leaving right yeah like someone tried to kill me who cares oh well, here's the thing though is the amaralyn knows that that person was trying to kill rand not yes. her yes and so she's She's actually just like pretending like she, she's covering for Rand is what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think it, we've learned pretty quickly here that, that the Omerlin and Moraine, they don't want anyone to know about Rand. Not yet. Right. So it would make sense that, that she's trying to, to cover this up in a way, especially when exactly what you said, where she's just like, this is another another tally of somebody who is trying to kill me okay good for you i don't care it's so easy for her to take that and and have that be the cover story yeah because it's something that is so believable yeah yeah oh well and at the same time she has to be careful she doesn't want to cause like an international incident kind of thing of i mean she's a foreign dignitary Mm -hmm. and like who's had blood drawn on her from a place that should be of complete safety. Mm-hmm. And not to mention that they, the keep had been attacked at, while she was there by Trollocs, by Shadow Spawn and Dark mm-hmm. Friends. Like she, you would think that the safest place in the world, like if, if Tarvalin is the pinnacle 
of this world. And the ruler of Tarvelin is the, you know, the pin, like she, not, not like an empress, she doesn't control everyone, but she's maybe the most powerful, per, politically powerful person in the entire world. And, you know, she goes to somewhere and she suddenly like, she gets attacked. She should be in the safest place. She should be the safest person in the world is what right. she should be. Is what I'm trying to say. And, and so the keep is attacked while she's there. And then an assassination attempt on her seemingly happens. Like she has to be careful not to make it into a big international incident where like the white tower takes offense and, you know, curses Saldea or something. She doesn't want to, she doesn't want that because she knows that things are happening outside. Like mm-hmm. in, in reality, her presence there has nothing to do with the events that have actually transpired. Right. She just happens to be there. Right. And so she can, she can actually help things. She like, she's in a position to help to like, she can, she can bend some of people's perception into her. Like she can take, she can take, you know, everyone will, everyone will see the events happening in, you know, through an, through a different lens of seeing like the Amarillin is doing things. Right, right, you know, exactly. Because they'll see it as the Amarillin is being impacted, whereas she knows that it's not actually her, it's other events, but she can take the blame. Like she's in a position to do that, so. Yeah, she's like a shield. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of fun to see like her opportunistic approach to it of like, oh, well, since I'm here, sure, I'll, I'll take that hit. That's fine. Like that, that's actually good for, for Rand and, you know, the, for our scheming. I'm glad I was here in a way. Yeah, exactly. It, it helps them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so they leave. They, they start right. mm-hmm. going to Tarvalon and camping along the way. Um, and along the way, Egwene and Nynaeve are in their tents and they are visited by other Aes Sedai that are going with them and they give them some lessons in channeling. So, um, you know, this is where you really see that Nynaeve struggles with consciously channeling. She's she's mm-hmm. only really capable of doing it when she's angry and she can't just turn it on and off. Um, and you know, Egwene starts having some interesting dreams. So we learn that she could potentially be a dreamer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I mean, a lot of her dreams in in this particular chapter have to do with Rand. So it's always, it's always interesting to me. Yeah, I just, this section is always, it's, it's like, okay, so so everyone's split and this is all intentional this time. Mm-hmm. Like this is the first time that they've intentionally went their separate ways. So so before it was like Shatter Logoth divided them, but then they eventually got back together. Right. And this time she's she's leaving to do something that wasn't even part of the initial plan when they left Emmons Field. Like everything, everything is totally shifted. And so suddenly. It's like, okay, so, so Nynaeve is in this position of, you know, like she's, she's more powerful than, than Egwene. And so they want to, you know, make her, uh, you know, they're teaching, they're teaching both of them, but, you know, Nynaeve is kind of set above her, but at the same time, Egwene, like Nynaeve doesn't have any actual power 
at this stage. Like she doesn't, right. she's not the wisdom anymore. She's, she's just naive. Right, exactly. And she's Egwene, just... yeah, it, and she's just a grump is what she is. Right. <laughs> just just yeah. another, another girl who can channel. I liked how she she tried to mouth off to some of my Sedai and they they're basically like that the way they manage Nynaeve is is actually pretty satisfying. Yeah, it's real and it's really well done. Like it's almost like they I don't know. I, I obviously don't know enough about it because I'm not that far in, but it's almost like they have had this um type of experience before with other people. And they're like, this is how you manage this type of person. Yeah, well, you know, and that that comes from experience. And Ice and I are all pretty dang old, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's that's part of it, I think. Yeah, it's it's just fun to see them managing Nynaeve. and shit, they're like, oh, uh, you know, Nynaeve's like, I'm gonna leave, and th- then they drop some tidbit, and she's like, oh, I guess I'll stay, you know, right. They, but they they never resort to just like picking her up and sitting her down. It's always just like, oh, don't you want to do this? Like that, you know. Here's a suggestion to like they're they're all all of them are master manipulators, really, is, yeah. is what it is. Like Moraine is maybe better than a lot of them, but at the end of the day, they're all it's just a, a you know a brood of vipers. They're all just so twisty and it's fun. Yeah, it is. So it it, it is really interesting to watch and just also to see like how they manage Nynaeve and how she reacts to it. Like there's no real, she's obviously stubborn, but it's almost like that stubbornness subsides really quickly. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Like it, it, like it doesn't, cause we see it, you know, come back later on, which we'll get into, but. Right. It, it's like she knows that there is a there's a line and she's walking it very delicately oh it's at this point that Nynaeve becomes more of a I don't know the first the first book and really like the second book to some degree like I I lose momentum on my patience for Nynaeve mm-hmm. I just at some point I, I'm like can you can you just stop with being a grump who wants her own way like I wouldn't put up with you in you know in real life like I I don't want to put up with you in a book either but and anyways so you know she's well it's just like she's just got a sore tooth she 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 doesn't get along with anyone she's not she's barely even civil to them right anyways we should probably keep moving yeah we've done three chapters yeah so so, All right. so egg has dreams yeah exactly but they uh, they don't get to Tarvalon yet though that's that's a little bit later no yeah they they're not there yet they will okay. they will get there but they're not there yet oh spoiler alert they they get to Tarvalon do they no oh, sorry sorry oh you're fine i, I mean whatever it's <laughs> really doesn't matter i'm just i'm just tooling with you lovely this phrase what's that lovely i think you do think it's lovely right let's move on all right so chapter 13 from stone to stone which is 
interestingly titled mm -hmm. given loyal's you know abrupt i don't i don't know what the word i'm looking for is his abrupt silencing from rand yeah mm -hmm. uh yeah so they rand wakes up and <laughs> they are in a completely different place so he and by they i mean he is with loyal and huron and the horses and that's it no one else is there matt and Perrin aren't there Ingtar's not there none of the other uh, men that were traveling with them were there mm -hmm. so it's just the three of them and um and yeah and you know loyal manages to point out that, that stone was probably a stone that runs between the worlds of if mm -hmm. he calls it um and because Rand, I guess, went to sleep leaning against it, he inadvertently channeled somehow. And now they're in this world where it's kind of like the upside down in Stranger Things. So uh, he, there is, there's a reason this happened, <laughs> actually. It, it wasn't Rand who got him there the, this time, in fact. They think it is. Rand, Rand thinks it is. Yeah. But, oh man, how much can I say right now? Because this, I'll, I'll say this. One of Egwene's dreams mm -hmm. actually actually tells us what happens, kind of. Interesting. She sees, she sees a woman like bending over Rand yes. or something. Mm -hmm. And... You can intuit once you've read more of it, perhaps, who mm -hmm. that person is and what they're potentially doing. But this mm -hmm. this is actually a form of manipulation on someone else's part toward Rand. Interesting. Very so. interesting. It is actually. It's... We'll get into that later on because I have thoughts. <laughs> Since when? <laughs> I know. it's it's crazy um yeah so they're in in this weird world where they don't really know what's going on but Rand does notice that there are they're trying they're trying to you know wander around figure out where they are and he notices that there are stone steps and each one is a different color and they're each in the colors of the uh, of each aja so you know, there's a red one, a blue one, a green one, et cetera, mm -hmm. which I thought was a nice little interesting tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, he's, um, it's, yeah, this isn't, this is also where he decides to allow Huron mm -hmm. to start calling him Lord. Yeah. Just goes with it. Yeah. All right, all right, Hiran. You know, yeah, like he he's decide he promises Hiran that uh, because Rand thinks, and mm -hmm. this is a pretty good. I mean, it's it it ends up being inaccurate, but I think that it's a pretty valid conclusion to think it is his fault that they're there that he's right. he's channeled, but he can't tell them that he's a male channel channeler, and so he does the best thing. Like I I love that he just takes ownership here. Actually, mm -hmm. this this is a moment of becoming to me. Like he becomes something better because he takes responsibility. Because 
as far as he knows, he is responsible. And he, as far as he knows, he's the only person who, can, who has a chance of getting them back. Right, exactly. And so he does the best he can. He says, all right, well, Kieran needs to have someone who, you know, he's just going to fall apart if he doesn't have someone he can believe in. Like he needs someone and like it, it clearly makes him uncomfortable but it's not because we can see what's in his head. We also know that he's he's not try, he's not seeking fame or power over Hiran. Mm-hmm. He's just trying. He's doing what he can, what he sees as the best for him. Like he's he's being benevolent is what he is. Right. I I just I really like this part about Rand. Like he's he's not seeking fame or glory. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of being thrust on him in some ways, like like he's he suddenly is the leader of the group, and he just he has to accept reality and move on. Right. It's a nice little bit of development for him. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. It's fancy. Um, yeah. So this this chapter was pretty pretty short. So yeah, I don't think there's anything else. I don't remember anything else that really stood out in it. Yeah. Well, so so Rand. Ren tries to channel and get back, but he can't. Mm-hmm. And then they start following the dark friend's trail because Hiran can still scent it. Correct. Right? Yeah, he can still, you know, trace it. So they're just following Hiran at this point. Again. Yeah. Um, yeah, so chapter 14 is Wolf Brother. So we go to Perrin's point of view, which is yeah. nice. I love Perrin point of view chapters. Me too. Mm-hmm. So everyone else, you know, has noticed that Rand and Loyal and Huron are gone. And yeah. like, as if they've just vanished. Um, so Perrin decides he's going to talk to the wolves to see if they can help. He's pretty sure they can do it. Um, and he ends up telling Ingtar that the wolves were the ones that told Perrin that that Rand went south. Um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> they have this little conversation and Ingtar ends up suggesting to Perrin that, you know, he he shouldn't tell anyone that he can talk to wolves, um, right. which I thought was interesting. And that like, a, it's almost like another person being like, oh, you need to keep this quiet. Like, They're gonna don't think go, you're crazy. Yeah, don't <laughs> go around telling people about this. I don't think you're crazy, but they will. Right, exactly. Like, appreciate the intel, but keep this to yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Varen ends up riding up to the group at the end of this, and she says that uh, Moraine has sent her to them. And, you know, she's looking for Rand, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, Varen, Varen disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so did, so did Leandrin and Moraine. They all just disappeared in the, the Amarillo super pissed that that happened. Yeah. In the last chapter. Yeah. So, so yeah, Varen's here though. Yay. Yay for Varen, I guess. Uh, I actually, I'll, I'll just say this. Mm-hmm. People reading this now should watch Varen in every, every time she comes up, you will you won't be disappointed there's there's some really interesting things going on with Varen. 
interesting throughout the series and mm-hmm. I, I won't say more than that but she's she's someone to pay attention to she's much more than she seems so i, I guess that uh, well I won't, I won't that's a little bit that that's maybe too grand for her but she's she's definitely she holds a place of significance mm-hmm. more than she would previous uh, like more than you would think I right just by reading and not really focusing. Sure. Well, and you might not even understand exactly what it is you've seen a mm-hmm. lot of times, but like at some point, there's this moment of like, oh, oh, that's actually quite interesting indeed. And I'm glad that, you know, now I have further context. So right. I, I don't want to get further into it. But yeah, she's, she's definitely someone to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I think like they do a really good job actually of showing like her like she puts on a little bit of a a vague facade where you know she's a brown so she's a scholar and they show you know mm-hmm. like she's just kind of fuzzy and confused all the time she's always thinking about her scholarly things but you know so she she kind of puts on this act though and they they do a good job of chronicling it in this book of like for a moment they you know so and so thought that they saw like a more sharp featured there and like she's paying more attention mm-hmm. and then she gets back to being vague again you know and that that happens actually with Egwene and Nynaeve when she's teaching them in a previous chapter right so anyways Baron's there and I love that they're like oh our tracker guy like our Huron is gone and she's like oh you lost your sniffer and mm-hmm. it just made me laugh because they had gone through great lengths they're like oh yeah like we don't we don't want the we don't want the Aes Sedai to know how we're tracking right them like because we think the Aes Sedai would disapprove of yours of our sniffer you know who can smell the violence and and then she goes up she's like oh your sniffer is gone and there everyone's like wait what you know about him <laughs> you weren't supposed to know that yeah yeah, yeah exactly I, I just thought it was funny so yeah anyways just uh She's there with them. Yay. Yay. And, and Perrin is uh, telling everyone that he's a sniffer now. Right. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then we go to the next chapter, Kinslayer. Okay. Which is interesting. So we go back to Rand's point of view. Yeah. So everyone, yeah. they're still all chasing yeah they're still they're 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 following along this like you know the dark friends trail and they've noticed that there is no sign of any type of animal life anywhere here there's just nothing um and they i i really like this part where they they come up to this stream and rand ends up deciding that he he makes loyal and here and wait and he's like i'm gonna drink some of this water first and if nothing happens to me then you guys can have water and i was like that's a really nice nice moment like that's you can you can tell he and, and i don't know if this is you know related to his character growth or what you want to call it or if he just genuinely feels like he is at fault for doing this so he should be the one to test everything out, like kind of put that weight on himself. 
Well, yeah. So I think that this is just a continuation of him taking on the leaders, the yoke of leadership of, right. you know, as he sees it. I, I actually think this is fairly foolish of him. I think, well, it, I, I don't know. It is foolish because if he is the one, like if he does believe that he's the one who got them there and did this and mm-hmm. he puts himself in danger, then he's basically condemning Huron and Loyal to be stuck there. Well, that's exactly it. Like, uh, you know, they kind of need Huron to track the dark friends or whatever. And mm-hmm. Loyal's in, like, they're all pretty important to the situation. And yet, Rand is, is honestly like, I feel like this is misguided or misplaced leadership uh, mm-hmm. and ownership. Like, on one hand, yes, it's cool. He's, he's taking he's taking it on uh, he's taking on the ownership and leadership of it but uh, you know he, he kind of goes about it the wrong way i do i do like it though it shows more of him being willing to all right i'm responsible here and it's not it's not just it's not just like in the fun things of ordering people around or you know like deciding what you're doing it's mm-hmm. it's also accepting the dangers that you know come with it so yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's neat. Yeah. Um, it's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. So they they do keep, you know, following the trail, but it's also interesting here where Huron isn't acting like he's sniffing the trail. And, you know, it's almost, they, they make note of this. It's like he remembers the trail, like he's already been on it. Mm-hmm. And he's just following it from memory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they don't see anyone, you know, no signs of animals and no signs of people or anything. Um, so they, they decide they're going to camp, make a camp and sleep. Um, and we get another little Balsamon dream action at the end here, which I know you love. So much. <laughs> you love them so much. I mean, it, it, it's a lot of just, you know, Balsamon saying Rand can't hide from him and you know, keeps calling him loose Aaron and over and over again. But it does end with with Ballsman burning um, the heron from from Rand's heron marked blade into his palm, and that's how you know Rand wakes up afterwards. And he's like, "Oh, okay, like I clearly was dreaming, and everything is fine." And then a few seconds later, his mm-hmm. hand is burning, feels like yeah. it's burning, and there's that heron marked burn in, into his palm. There it is. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. so, uh, uh, that's important. Actually, that 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 shouldn't be lost in transition. Like that's, I, uh, I assumed it was. Like as soon as you start getting some physical ramifications from your dreams, it's probably something you shouldn't overlook. Well, it's it's very interesting. So that they're they're talking about how this is kind of like a different a different world it like a different dimension or something like a yeah. different version of this world and yet he has an interaction with you know Baalzaman who's he's had a ton of interactions with like clearly the dark one uh, knows or, or at least his minions know where Rand is to some degree and mm-hmm. even though even if Rand doesn't know and it's like they know how to get there and you know they can impact they can actually affect the physical world it's it's uh it's kind of a frightening thing i i did actually listen to this whole interaction and it it, it is tedious frankly because he's just like over and over again you 
you know, follow me. You can't deny it. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you know, like, it's just like a variation of, you know, you have a destiny, so follow it. Mm-hmm. And you can't hide from me. And I mean, it's just, it's cyclical. It's, it, it gets on my nerves, you know that, but at the end of the day, it's, it, at the end, like he does get burned and it's, it is significant for later things. Right. In fact. So, so yeah. Perfect. It is. And so, so Rand actually takes the full, it's, it's their first night actually mm-hmm. there. And he takes on the entire uh, shit, like all the guard shifts. Right. That time. Like he, he does the watch every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. good job, Rand. Good, good job. Guess. <laughs> and he and Heron gets mad. He's like, "You shouldn't have done that, Lord Rand." Just love that he calls him Lord every time. It's so funny. It is. It's wonderful. It I is. like Heron actually. Mm-hmm. I I like him too. Don't get me wrong. I just find it entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, we'll just keep moving. All right. So chapter sixteen in the Mirror of Darkness. Um. So we're still with Rand. They're still moving through this weird mm-hmm. weird world um and they they see like in the distance the spire and they you know Huron immediately starts thinking it, it's it's hawkwing spire and Rand thinks it's hawkwing spire and you know they they want to move towards it and move closer to it so they, they do and as they do that loyal is the one that points out and he's like i don't think that's hawkwing spire like i think that right. this is you know and, and he says, he's like, I think this is a world where the Trollocs actually won. And that is there to, you know, basically celebrate that they, they won out and over humans. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and they have like this really interesting um, conversation about this because they haven't seen any Trollocs. Um, and, you know, Loyal just points out, he's like, well, Trollocs are violent and they just kill things. So once they run out of humans to kill, they're just going to start killing each other. Right, which is kind of disturbing, but an interesting it, insight all the same. It is disturbing and it is, you know, but it's interesting because it, it, it adds to this whole factor of why you don't see anyone there. Right. Because they've all died. Right, well, at least, at least in theory. At least in theory, that we think. Um, but yeah, so they they come across a woman who is fighting off some kind of creature. Um, some random woman, yeah. Some but- random woman. And, you know, Rand ends up thinking that she is more than beautiful, is the exact words, I believe, as I mm-hmm. roll my eyes at Rand here. And he just makes a lot of comparisons between her and Egwene, which is, you know, just funny, but whatever. Um, but yeah. Well, so they, how, how can, I mean, he's, that's, his, that's his frame of reference. Egwene is his significant other as he sees it still. Like they're still totally kind of betrothed. Like not, not really, but, but kind of. But and, kind of. And he's still a teenager and he sees this beautiful, just like super hot woman, just, mm-hmm. just ridiculously good looking and and he saves her he shoots the the frog bear thing yeah yeah he does so he so and they they end up obviously talking to her and they learn that this is her name is celine 
And, um, you know, she agrees that she's going to travel with them through this, this world and hopes that mm-hmm. they can figure out how to get back. Um, and ominously, I thought this was very ominously as they're leaving more of these creatures supposedly start appearing behind them. Sure. Uh, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's... when you, you haven't had anything in this world this entire time. Right. Oh, well, yeah, there's, there's been nothing. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's fine. I, I mean, so you kill one of those things. You have to think maybe they crossed some kind of invisible barrier of, uh, you know, there's, there's something, something more going on here. Right. Uh, but, but not something like, so uh, I would think, obviously it's, it's going to be different than this, but uh, like there's, for instance, if you go uh, like just a, I'm, I'm having trouble spitting it out, like the, the dif- different biological or biographical, I can't talk, <laughs> <laughs> biographical, what am I talking about? But, but like there's different, different ecological systems, ecosystems, that, right. you know, it's like, okay, we're not in a forest anymore, we're in a desert and there's right. going to be a totally different group of of beings that you know their their whole infrastructure is different and that's to me that's that's very that's that's kind of similar to what's what's going on with um with all of this is yeah like um I, I just think that maybe that's you know they cross some line where now these frog bear things are part of the landscape that's all okay that's fair but but you're right it it is suspicious Uh, i'm curious like how much do you know about celine not i I mean do uh, you probably know a little bit more than we because you've read it you've read all the way up to book three at least in a little bit of book three right um she did not like grip me a whole ton which is interesting because she's gripping me now okay and right now i'm like i don't know if i like you well so there's a there's a million hints there's so many hints about what what and who she is mm-hmm. but it's not immediate like i never i never understood who she was mm-hmm. until significantly after this like you know after so like she holds a lot of significance she really mm-hmm. does and at the same time, she's, uh, it, it's not, not as obvious as, uh, like, it's super obvious to me now, but I've, you know. Right. Interesting. So anyways, it's. It's not super obvious to me. Cool. And that, that's, that's what I was really trying to ask was, you know, like how much, how obvious is it in reality? So, right. so yeah, she's, um. But she's more than she lets on, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Because right now she's just traveling with them now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in in the next chapter, chapter 17, choices. Mm-hmm. So she she says that they either need to kill all of these creatures okay. or or leave. Like they they can't stay there um sure so 
And I think she, she phrases it in a way that kind of makes it sound like they're they're just going to keep coming, basically. And you're just going to have to keep killing them and keep killing them. And like, it's going to be relentless. So. Right. Well, and so, so he has he has his stubborn streak and he kills a bunch of them that they're all, they're all charging him. And, you know, he kills like six of them in a row and he just shoots and releases, shoots and releases. And he, he just like sets his bow down, even after, even as a couple of the arrows are still flying. Cause he knows mm-hmm. that it's going to hit their middle eye every time they have three eyes, they're really mm-hmm. awkward creatures. And, and then he, you know, it's a very, you know, Lord Heron's like, or Lord Heron, <laughs> Heron, <laughs> Heron is like, I've never seen something like that, Lord Rand. That was amazing. Right. And, yeah, it's and and then and then even more, like just you know, tons of them keep flooding out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they just they just keep coming. And she's like, "You gotta, you know, kill them all, or we're we're going elsewhere." So they continue right. to go elsewhere. Well, she conveniently knows where another pillar is. Yeah, exactly. So she leads leads them to another stone which is extremely mm-hmm. convenient exactly that um and you know she she even knows what symbol rand needs to touch on the stone and channel right which is also very interesting well you know and she's she's uh she has a lot of information, not a knowledge. She's talked, she talks to Loyal and Loyal's like, oh, there's things that I don't even know that she's taught, you know, like mm-hmm. he, he's like this renowned, well, maybe not renowned, but he's, he's, he's a scholar and he's studied all this stuff. And yet she has knowledge that he doesn't. Um, right. So, uh, you know, she, she can point out the symbol and it's kind of plausible given kind of the background that she's presented. And so, so eventually Rand uh, gets him out. Yeah, he he gets them out, and they're they end up in Kinslayer's dagger, yeah. and Celine decides that she wants to stay with them. Yay! Hooray for beautiful women wanting to stay with you. <laughs> so, yeah, they're they're out, and all because of Rand, supposedly. Right. Maybe. I'm sure it's his fault. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving along in mm-hmm. chapter 18, so to the White Tower. So we're back with Egwene and Nynaeve. Yeah. So they are on the River Green and they are headed to the White Tower. Right. And Egwene's freaking out, man. Yeah, she is. She is worried hard about Rand, all because yeah. of her dreams. Yeah, worried about Rand. Worried about, uh, yeah. It's it's not and it's not just Rand. It's also just the idea that, yeah, she she doesn't know. That, like Moraine's gone, and Moraine is really important to her, and Nynaeve is yeah. sick, and there's just all this. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome so she's stuff. she's not doing too good. So, but the the Amaral and C does come visit them on the boat and she you know purposely tries to make Nynaeve angry just to get her to channel um Mm -hmm. which I can understand why she does this because obviously like if this is the only way Nynaeve's been able to channel so far then you want to see her her power and see what you're dealing with it makes sense to do it 
but it also seems like such a, uh, it, it feels given how, how few interactions we've had with the Almerlin seed so far, it feels very in character for her. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go ahead. Yeah. It just, it just felt like something like out of all of the, you know, I said, I that might be there. Or, you know, the I said, I said, I were trying to give them lessons in the tent and everything mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Like, it, it seems like out of all of them, it would be the on seat who would do that. Yeah. Well, so, so then at some point, the Amaralyn tells Nynaeve, <laughs> I, you know, these, these other girls all think that you don't, you know, you don't deserve to become accepted right away. Like mm-hmm. you don't deserve to be promoted immediately. And I say you do because of your power. And I, I like to see people get what they deserve. And I've always thought that was an interesting way of framing things because I've always hated the idea of deserve. Actually, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Like, I, I don't think humans can really, uh, I don't think they have the ability to fully comprehend a situation to the point that someone deserves something. And, uh, you know, I think that you can say like, okay, well, it seems like that's something that you've earned or whatever, but, uh, you know, I don't know how Nynaeve deserves to get promoted immediately though. It's just right. a very strange, very strange, strange comment from the Amaralyn there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I, I, I was viewing it more as a, I mean, I, I agree with you because she does say the, the bit about people getting what they deserve. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was viewing it more as a, it didn't make sense for Nynaeve to be a novice because she was far past that already so you're essentially it's like if you've already learned everything in a subject and you want to go on to the next thing why are you being forced to repeat that subject it's fair i yeah i just don't think Nynaeve's learned everything i think she is it's it's apparent in the next section that in fact there's a there's a huge just it, it extremely egregious gaps in her knowledge in fact right and maybe learning everything is the wrong phrase but it, it's felt to me more of like a a your power level doesn't match this so we need to put you here oh yeah that's fair that's fair i just i take exception to the word deserve a lot of times i'm like i, <laughs> I don't there's certain words, I mean, you know me well enough by now. I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm very particular about the words I use and about the words I like, I, I use to describe things sometimes. And because I feel like sometimes those those words have, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of subtle power to them. And, you know, like they can really control the way you perceive the world and interact with the world. And so, you know, deserve is, it always just drives me crazy because I, after only talking to Nynaeve a couple times and hearing a few things like she deserves some I don't know we can (laughs) let's drop it but you know and it's it's such a minor thing anyways but uh you know it does set the stage for them to uh, you know it, it shows that when she's angry Nynaeve is an extremely strong if not necessarily skilled channeler right right so yeah and we we pretty much end this and we know that 
they're they're gonna be in the white tower and Nynaeve is gonna go and be an accepted essentially right away mm-hmm. and Egwene will become a novice yeah so yeah that is that okay so last last chapter that we have to go over chapter 19 beneath the dagger oh man this is a big one this is a big one so but they're again they've gone through the stone ran we're back with Rand. they've gone through this this portal stone that selena's found and they're in in uh kinslayer's dagger so they're camping and Rand finds Celine searching through his bags overnight. <laughs> and she claims that she needed a new shirt because her her dress is all Spicy. dirty. Yeah. Um, so this here is just super weird. Just yeah. Don't don't you just get this really sketch vibe? Oh well. Yes, so he he goes to bed with the bags next to him, and so she's clearly, you know, mm-hmm. and it mentions that. So she's clearly mm-hmm. looking for something, and she's trying. She's like about to open the dragon banner, which is, you know, like don't. That's that's dangerous. Stop, mm-hmm. stop. Yeah, you know, and you know, Rand catches her in time, but this is where his naivete just totally takes root. Like, right. She's just like, yeah, I just wanted a shirt to, you know. Change into. Yeah. He's uh, like, oh, okay. Cool. Oh, that you you're so hot. I believe you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um after they've camped, you know, Kieran ends up seeing a campfire up ahead, and they are fairly confident that it is you know Trollocs or or Pattenfane or whoever they just know they've got to go for it so they they do go up and they end up finding the uh chest that has the horn of the Valir horn of Valir in it and the dagger is on top of that and it's beside Pattenfane and he's just sleeping just right well by himself I guess I mean, you you like fast forwarded it about like Sorry. 20, 20 million, but but yeah, like they he Rand decides like okay, maybe we can take the, you know so they so they like in the in this world of dreams they were mm-hmm. or this world of whatever this parallel world parallel world they're able to pass the dark friends and then go back you know gra- grab the the horn and the dagger which <laughs> Pat and Fane apparently didn't detect Rand until until it was too late yeah yeah well and it's just all very weird and how it's done right well i mean he's i just like they like kind of just sneak in Mm -hmm. and there's like a trollic who's lazy just like he's on guard duty just like sits lays down goes to sleep and rand takes this moment he's he's kind of been pushed into it by celine a little bit but he's like he's like we could do this. Like, let's lo- loyal's here to carry the to carry the chest. Mm-hmm. Like, we we can we can manage this, and so they do. They grab well, the grab things and run. And Celine's been telling Rand this whole time that like he needs to use the void and to use it properly. He has to you know surround right. himself in it, and you know, and that's what he does here. He ends up doing that so that 
loyal can grab the chest and they can back away get out of there when and that's when pat and fane wakes up like they they take it and they're leaving yeah mm-hmm. yep it's pretty mm-hmm. cool so uh so that they get this they get the chest and they get the dagger um mm-hmm. and <laughs> coincidentally celine knows how to open the chest surprise i know she's just like pop and it right. opens right away first try Nailed it. Nicely done, Celine. And and she can read the words that are on the horn of the lyre. Well, I mean, she's she's a scholar. Yeah. Some of this is plausible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, fair, but it's all just very. It, it she's she's not selling herself to me at this point. Is my view. Well, good. She shouldn't be. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And yeah, so th- so she opens it, um, and then she starts. They start talking about the the dagger, and she also wants the dagger gone. Like th- th- it can't stay with them. And you know, Rand's like, no, we got to keep it. Like this is the only thing that's gonna save Matt. Like we got to keep the got to keep know. the dagger. And she's all she's all like, I told like we need to just get. Yeah, she just she just yeah. clearly doesn't care about Matt. No, and his she's well-being. like, she's like, no, nah, don't don't do it. Um, but he Rand ends up putting it in the chest with the horn of the lear. Mm-hmm. And you know, he hopes that that's gonna be enough to keep them safe from it. Because as we learned beforehand, Matt should have been the only person to retrieve this dagger. Right. Without having it affect him. So right. yeah. And then and then we have another point of view change so oh we're not back. even done yet we're not oh, even done go. yet we, we go back to pat and fane pat and fane back back to him you know as he's waking up and mm-hmm. he sends the trollocs after the dagger after the dagger specifically i thought this was interesting he he is freaking out that the dagger is gone not that the horn's gone mm-hmm. yeah so, an important point very important point just gonna point that um, and then he also is aware that like his thoughts are, you know, different and not quite himself, so to speak. He doesn't know what it is though. Um, and he's aware that he's a crazy person. He's, he's aware, yeah, that he's going or is crazy. Um, but I believe, if I remember correctly, it ends with him saying like, "Rand will pay for what they've done to him." Oh, yeah, or what's can, been done to him yeah he can point straight at him yep so creepy something's being done to him well something is yep and time that's it tell. that's all 10 chapters all right who's the mac Whew, man okay so i know matt was like a super early contender for it then he mm-hmm. kind of like stopped being I mean, we haven't really interacted with him too much. I want to say it's Celine, but I'm super biased because I don't, I don't like her right now. So I just want to say she's annoying. Okay. I don't know if that makes her actually annoying. Is this like a narg moment? Am I having a narg moment? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to pick Celine. I, I think uh, it's. Uh, 
the people people listening to this who know who know <laughs> this story like you, you guys will understand my my dilemma here i i think i think it's reasonable for you to 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 choose celine here mm-hmm. um yeah you can choose celine i i guess yeah, well because who else who else do we really even well that's the thing do you pick rand because i don't think you pick rand he's had a lot of you know pretty strong moments i think oh yeah you can't pick rand like, in my opinion it's not rand i don't think it would be here or loyal like they're both just trying to do what they have to to, to move this along mm-hmm. do you pick nynaeve because she's stubborn i i would pick nynaeve actually that's a great point yeah i mm-hmm. i would go that that route for sure um yeah. Goodbye, Nynaeve. You are the Mac. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. She's she can be the Mac. This, yeah. What? She's just out. She's she's back to being being stubborn and then mm-hmm. listening to the eye said I, but also being stubborn again. So she's towing that line. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Nynaeve is gonna be my choice sometimes moving forward yeah she's just (laughs) she's just obnoxious that's all Mm -hmm. okay well next week we'll do another 10 chapters all right we're moving through it yeah so we'll do chapters 20 to 29 all right um with that said should we call it a day i think so i think we've talked about everything that we can talk about that we ever could talk about right awesome okay so well thanks for hanging out yeah thanks thank you it was good awesome and thank you everybody for listening and or watching it's been fun may you always find water and shade